Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings, and I will be sharing stories and talking with everyday people who will encourage, will inspire, and will motivate. Throughout my journey of life, I have been very lucky to meet many beautiful people with amazing stories of transformation and growth. Inspirate is here to bring out the best of you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to part two of the three-part Inspirate podcast, Before, During, and After the Storm. Part two will be Breathe During the Storm. A few weeks prior to recording this, LT Griffin asked me, why am I doing the Inspirate podcast? Now, LT's my barber and a good friend. We're just talking back and forth, and I, I gave him some of the reasons, and then I finished with, well, there was a gentleman that I heard on the Impact podcast by Todd Durkin, and the gentleman's name is Damon West. And Damon West's story was uh, just an amazing story of, of triumph and changing an environment, changing the most volatile environment in prison. His motto that he learned from a gentleman named Mr. Jackson was, be the coffee bean, be a coffee bean. Now, Damon West has written a beautiful book about that that's in my home, I've shared it, about being the coffee bean, and I explained to LT what the coffee bean is. We were sitting there on the couch in the lobby of the barber shop, and LT said, that was, that's me, that was me. And I was like, wow. So I forwarded him the podcast, the Impact podcast with Todd Durkin, while he interviewed Damon West. Fast forward a couple days, LT calls me, and his voice was just full of excitement, full of just love and life and it was absolutely a beautiful tone and he was so excited saying hey I just listened to the podcast it was amazing let, let me tell you that that was me and I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa LT pause we're going to talk about this on Friday we're going to do this over the podcast now I didn't plan on recording LT for maybe several more weeks if not maybe a month after I had some of the other interviews completed and we we're going to talk about this but the amount of passion that LT had the amount of the drive and, and inspiration and, and power of the story of being the coffee bean, I felt we needed to record it right away. Now, Mr. Jackson impacted Damon West's life with the coffee bean message. Okay. Now, LT has a very, very similar story with his own Mr. Jackson, actually a few Mr. Jacksons. And we're going to hear about that coming up in part two of Breathe for during and after the storm. Enjoy the show. So you're given your 30 days to to shore up home, right? And uh, to make sure everything is good to go. You show up. Do they come get you? Or do you show up to the MCC? No, I show up to the MCC. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm already given a date. In time that I would be there, I want to say we had to be there at 9 a.m. Right. I want to say we had a report to the 26th floor at 9 a.m. Okay. You know, I'm going to give you a mic, push the mic towards me. And then, so you want to talk right above the actual. Okay. This is what happens when you're an amateur. And me, no, not you, son. Me. Oh. <laughs> I'm the sound engineer. I'm doing it all, the editing, the, oh, okay, the sound okay. editing. So I'm just trying to make sure that you're game picked up perfectly okay cool. so awesome you're good 
Nope, yep. don't move it. You got to move it back. And then you got to screw it up to the microphone. There you go. All right, cool. All right. 28 sweep, one, two. Yeah, let's that, do it, man. Great. Taste right. an iron in the back of my jaw pulling <laughs> into you right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, January 22nd, 2004. Man, welcome to the big house. Like. Who brings you? Your dad? Uh, or do you just go by yourself? No. Um, my daughter, mother, we was together at the time. She dropped me off. She dropped me off. And then when you when you left the house, were you staying with mom? Were you staying with dad? Were you on your own? I was on my own. My okay. mom at the time was living in Georgia. Okay. Uh, my daughter, I never forget my daughter. I gave her my last hug. Wow. Been a free man. And right. how old was your daughter? She was like a year, a little bit over a year. And then your oldest daughter? Uh, f- What's that for? She's so she was six. My oldest daughter was six, seven. Let me see. No, 25 and nine is what? Six years, right? 25 and 19? You're six. asking someone that's like four Yeah, that's line. six. No, that's 20. Yeah, six years. Six. Yeah, so how, how do you go about to the six year old? How do you uh, go about saying dad's got to go away? Oh, now this is the part when I said fifty percent of um, the TV is good. I mean, it's telling the truth. Yeah, our dad is going to school. Dad is going to school. That's it. That's it. Were you coached on like what to say? No. Did anyone try to like, hey, this is what you get you help you out at all? No. This is this is on the job training. Okay. <laughs> on the job training, yes. On the job training. You either you survive or you get killed. So you, you tell you tell your daughter, six, Dave's gotta go to school. She's like, Okay. The most innocent, she's not a care in the world. All right, have fun. Be, That's be it. good. Now my youngest daughter The baby. She get I give her I get up the, that Friday morning. I give her a hug and a kiss. She's, we're playing a little bit, you know, since early in the morning. So when I get up, when she, when I when she get up, everybody get up. All right. I never forget she had a black t-shirt on and she had a pamper and she had a hair um, and a big old ponytail. Mm-hmm. And so she's running back and forth to me this, you know, saying this whole morning. And you know, I just say the kids know. So she's getting to her, she's giving them to me, and I'm just like looking, I'm like, damn. I don't know when the next time I see my baby. You know, I, I, I'm not knowing. I gave her a last hug. She yelled and screamed so loud. It was like, wow, how does she know? She sensed it. Yes. She yes. probably knows 15 words, <laughs> but she sensed it. Yes. Something yes. something bad was going to happen. That's true. That's and true. It could have been Lord telling her. could have been any <laughs> anything. anything that you want to believe. Anything. She anything. knew. That's true. That's true. Um. So, yeah, like I said, I am got my orange uniform on with my blue shoes. Um, standing up for 4 o'clock count. The, four, the federal system. Wait, so, so you, you got dropped off in the front of the building. Yes. And then you, you go through your in-processing. They 
if uh, give a, a brief synopsis again a lot of this is new this mm-hmm. is a lot of people have no clue and about this i'm very familiar but it so so let me walk it through so all right the Durston building once you go through security check and work right you can pretty much go anywhere civilians are allowed to go throughout the course of this building. The unsecured portion of the building. Exactly. So on 26th floor, it's pretty much um, check-in. That's where civilians have to check-in to go um, get ready to go across the street to 71 West Van Buren to the federal system. So we go upstairs. We're in the hallway. It's me. Um, One, two, three. Three more of the co-defendants. I care not to say their names. Right, you know, yeah. We no, don't, I get it. Because everybody passes. You know, this yeah. is just me. It's all their... Th- right. It's, um, so, it's three of us. And one guy, his mother, she prayed for us. And uh, we're all sitting there. We said our last hugs and goodbyes. Because we're not knowing what, you know what I'm saying, what tomorrow holds. Uh, we're not knowing when next time we'll be able to visit. We're not knowing that... We're about to get sentenced next week and get shipped off to the you know some different institution throughout the United States. Completely unknown. Everything is unknown. So we say our prayer. I mean, she said prayer for we say our last goodbyes and we walk through the door. Boom. Calling us one at a time. Fingerprint again. Taking the pictures. I'm doing drops. Doing UAs. UA. Yeah. Uh, Then now. What's a UA? Uh, urine analysis. Okay, drop means a drug test. Right. Right. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, they doing a drug test. They doing a UA analysis, urine analysis. Make sure you don't have any dope in your system. You're not gonna be detoxing. Nothing's going on. All that good stuff. So now I say around maybe. So mind you, this is nine o'clock in the morning. They probably came and got us probably about I said about two o'clock in the afternoon. To take us across the street, the U.S. Marshals, United States uh, Marshals. That's who pretty much do the transporting for the uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons. They came get us, take us across the street to 71 West Van Buren, where we're in tech again. We're doing another fingerprint. Now, this time, we're doing a dress out, meaning that we're changing from our civilian clothes into the prison uniforms. And MCC Chicago have an orange jumpsuit as a uniform for the prisoners. So they deprive you of everything that you own. So everything. everything. They they would call in the county nuts and butts. <laughs> they they strip search you. Yes. Cough. Yes. They you're down. They throw a towel. They maybe not throw it, but figure you know just they get you a towel. They have you shower for intake. They do a strip search, and then. They, you own nothing. The you only sure thing you haven't been there. We'll say again. I said, you sure you haven't been? This there? This is when I was working at corrections oh, in the county. Oh yeah. No, this is when I was doing corrections <laughs> in the county, and it's that, that was a very, very. Again, I, I was, I, I came, I was coming from Disneyland. I had no clue about any of this stuff, yes. and then all of a sudden I'm on the intake in Joliet. Yes. You know, watching how this stuff goes, and I'm doing the intake, and you know, I'm down there, and it's usually a lot of the response guys. Well, back in the day. You know, there was a specialized team that was down there, and mm-hmm. of course, they always throw throw either a new guy in training or the the big six three, six four, intimidating looking mm-hmm. person back there. And so, I, I I understand. You know, I it's pretty much parallel across the board. Okay, but just so our our listeners hear, the they strip you of everything that you do not own, anything 
on your body. There is no owning of anything. It's pretty much you like have you're coming ask, out the womb. Yes, every you 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 have zero. The only thing you have is the the maybe the facial hair and the fingernails. But you still gotta get permission to to cut and trim. Yes, you have to get permission to do any and everything. Anything you you to go to sleep, to piss, to shower, um, to eat, to talk, uh, to go to the rec yard, to read a book, to use a telephone, to go and visit. Everything, every privilege you can think of, right, is taken away from you. There's a book, and it's by. I'm gonna reference it real quick. And the basis of the book, and I, I listen to it. I do a lot of the audio books. Uh, it's by Vic, Dr. Victor Frankel, I believe, is the name, uh, is the author of the book, and it's called the Man Man's Search for Meaning. And he was a uh, prisoner of Auschwitz, I believe, and. He, he writes a book. Yeah, it's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he talked about when the Nazis took him mm-hmm. and deprived him of everything. Stripped him to the bone. Mm-hmm. Literally. Stripped him. Took everything away from him. He, he owned nothing. The only thing he had the right to do was breathe. That was yes. it. The only thing he had the right to do was breathe. Everything else was upon someone else's discretion. And, and, and I want you guys to listen to remember that, that term, brief. You remember I said earlier, I told a good friend of mine, brief. Mm-hmm. When my father came and picked me up from prison, I mean, not from prison, but from uh, when I made bond, brief. When you're in prison, the only thing you have control of is your breathing. That's it. That's it. You have no control of anything because if they tell you to be quiet, guess what you have to do? You have to be quiet. Be quiet. You have control of your breathing. Oh, you know what? I, I take that back. You have control of your breathing. You have control of your thoughts. You have control of your heart. And we'll get into that later. But them three things you have control of. So that you get intake through. Mm-hmm. They, you're, you don't have anything of yours anymore. You, you are the property of the federal government. That's true. One four three two one four two four. You don't have a name. You have an ID number. One four three two one four two four. So you have a number. <laughs> they process you through. They bring you into the uh, in counties. There's usually like an intake. They call it an intake dorm or an intake pod. Mm-hmm. Same probably in the federal. Yeah, in the, the federal, federal is you're gonna go to the sixth floor. Sixth floor. That's the right. intake floor. So they bring you into take intake. Now, how long are you at the MCC? I was at the MCC for a total of a year. A total of wow, say maybe 16 months 16 months yes now in the before you get assigned or classified of what your threat level is and where you go uh, similar to the state like a state correctional facility they hold you at a regional facility mm-hmm. and then they assign you based off of your, your threat assessment your your mental capabilities Correct. everything is evaluated but in that short term of the detention 
okay? Because everyone is already guilty at the MCC in a certain area, right? They, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they've all pled. Yes. They've all they've all pled or they've received their sentence. their sentence. Well, I mean, some some people used to it's called a pretrial floor. Pre- some people are still going to trial, or some people are still uh, in the pretrial stages of their case, meaning that they haven't got sentenced yet, or they just yeah. getting. Um, they haven't got uh, press charges against them. They've yeah. been held on yeah. a complaint. So, yes, you have pretty much a mixture. You have free trial. Then you have uh, property of the BOP. Located in Homer Glen and New Lenox, Illinois, the Tory Foot and Ankle Specialist provides comprehensive podiatry services to people of all ages. Dr. Christopher Vittori and Dr. Amit Thakar are dedicated to helping patients treat a wide range of foot and ankle issues. With expertise in ankle sprains, bunion treatment, diabetic foot care, neuropathy, and more, the team at Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist combines its professional expertises to deliver effective and targeted treatments. The team is committed to creating a safe and professional environment where patients can feel comfortable addressing any of their foot and ankle concerns. To learn more about the podiatry services at Vittorium Foot and Ankle Specialist, Use the online booking tool or call the office to book an appointment today by calling 708-273-7080 and visiting them at VittoriFootClinic.com and liking and following their Instagram and Facebook pages. Amazing. <laughs> but you you evaluate. You, you walk into your first housing assignment and are you're assigned a roommate. You don't know who this dude is. I, I, had, a, um, I had a Spanish guy. Spanish guy. So you have Mr. Spaniard is your roommate. He how long was he been there already? Man, if I gave you a number, I'd be lying to you. I don't recall. Okay, so you're in there and you're like adjust you're literally your head's on a swivel. You're you're watching, you're 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 trying to learn your environment. Mm-hmm. You're in there for sixteen months. How fast was those sixteen months? Because that is what, one one fifteenth of your of your or one thirteenth? Yeah. Almost. That that time right there was um so quick and um um so quick and 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 and, and like I say it was on a job training. Um well, one thing about um when you get when you start prison when I first okay, let me say this for me. When I came to prison I had one foot in and one foot out, meaning that I was calling home every day. I was still trying to keep up what was going on in the streets, who was doing what. Then, when I get off the phone or when I get off, come back from visitation or uh, finish reading my mail, I'm back in prison. But a lot of people do that to escape what's going on in prison. Um, like a ther- almost a therapeutic time away. In a good way and a bad way, correct. Right. Correct. Um, the, the, the movie Blow... Um, um, the the movie Blow. Um, what was the guy name? Um, Johnny Depp. Not, but the the guy that he uh, played though. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I was locked up with that guy. I can't. Uh, they called him the Cocaine, the original Cocaine Cowboy. Um, I can't think of his name. But in the movie, he said the federal prison is nothing but a big university. Whatever thing you're looking for, good or bad, you're going to find it. So, like me, I went there and enhanced my barber skills. I went there and learned electricity. 
I went there and learned, became a master. Well, I ha- actually have a doctor's degree in communicating. I also learned outside the box where when the guy's going in to rob the bank, they always want to go into the big bases. No, that they have stuff right behind the counter. Like, because you, you're sitting around, you talk to everybody. You talk to bank robbers. You talk to uh, politicians. You talk to... COs, uh, <laughs> everybody. Uh, correction. I mean, you have yeah. you, you talking about these big Fortune 500 CEOs or CFOs. You're, you're, I mean, you anybody that breaks federal, we're, we're all the same. Yes. You're all the same. Yeah, some people might have more money on their account to go to commissary. Commissary is a store where you go buy the stuff that you're allowed to have inside a prison. Or some people might be able to go on visits more than others, but at the end of the day, at 4 o'clock p.m., no matter where you're at in the United States of America, if you're in federal prison, guess what you have to do? Stand up and get your and stand up for count. Meaning that you have to be, they're going to count to make sure they have the proper number of prisoners at that facility that they're mm-hmm. supposed to have. Excuse me. So, yeah, you're, you're all the same at 4 o'clock. But, yeah, getting to what I'm saying, um, it's a big university. Anything and everything you're willing to learn. Somebody will teach you. How much did you learn in the first nineteen, or is it nineteen, or nineteen months? You said that yes. they were at the MCC. Now, because you knew that everyone knows that it's short term. That's the short term. Right. You're, you're you're not there for long. Correct. And and I mean it's nineteen months is long, but in the big picture, that's literally just a launch pad of where you're going to end up. Yes. So is there is there a, a lot of reflecting going on? Is it a lot of a like a decompression of okay? This is going to be my life. A lot of thought in that time, or is it more of studying for survival? Well, learning the system. It's somewhat learning the system, but believe it or not, that first sixteen to nineteen months, it's like it's a big party. If that make any sense, because you have guys that from the south side. Yeah, dudes from the neighborhood. You have dudes from the neighborhoods you're locked yeah. up with. You have dudes from the south side of Chicago. All land. your guys on your case. You have dudes from the north side of Chicago. Yeah. Land. You have dudes from the east side of Chicago. Land. You have dudes from the s- surrounding area of the Chicago. Land. That these people that you heard about. Just all degrees of separation. Exactly. Like, for example, I had a guy who was affiliated with the Chicago Bears. I mean, yeah, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago White Sox. I can't. I, I want to say his name, but he was locked up with us. I had guys who was affiliated, legitly affiliated with the mobsters, with the mob, with the Italian mobs. Some tough dudes. I'm. I'm like. I'm. I'm reading and hearing about these guys, and I'm incarcerated with them on the same floor. I'm incarcerated with guys from all over the Chicago land. That you hear about or you're seen on the local news. And I'm in the building with them. I'm not just in the building. I'm on the floor with them. So you're 23 years old, 24 <laughs> years old. How old were you? So hold on. Let me tell you this part real quick. <laughs> so <laughs> when I get arrested and they take me down to the MCC building, first thing come to my, my mind is that I don't have enough money to be locked up with these guys. I'm not even on the same level as these guys because while well, I'm 23 years old, you're a pup. I'm I'm just starting to live. Yeah. I, 
my conversation don't even add up to their conversation. None whatsoever. None. So, like I say, with that being said and done, it was just you almost like a um something like a groupie, so to speak. You're like a fanboy. Yeah, you're like, yeah. damn. Is that really you? Is that is that are you so-and-so? really are you really that guy from from Frankfurt, Illinois? Yeah. I saw you on ABC seven. This is so cool. <laughs> wow. Hey. <laughs> You you're on the news, man. You're you're like the second story for like a month. Holy moly! Like, hey, come here, everyone. Look at me. Can, I, can you take a yeah. picture? Hey, can we do a selfie? <laughs> I'm done. I'm d- hey, Deb, let me see your cell phone. Let's do a selfie. Can we get this? I'm d- it's a Wait, selfie. They call for him me. Depp. They call him Depp in the where they call him in federal. Uh, CO. CO. Can I get yourself? We're gonna do a selfie, man. You this yeah. is so and so. Like for real. Oh, I just hit the mic. Sorry about that. <laughs> Oh my god yeah it's a selfie for me yes so yes um like i say you it, it, it's like a big party it's like a big who's who's party yeah you know um was it time where people got into it yes um i never forget by the name of, it was a guy oh what was his name red mr red red um leave it at that no it, this guy is yeah red um, outstanding guy. I never forget. He had got sentenced to about maybe twenty years, give or take. Yeah, I want to say he got sentenced like twenty years. And at the time, he's probably was already hell forty five, fifty yeah. years yeah. old. Okay, and I never forget. He said, "Hey, I want to, sh- I want to, sh- I want to share something with you." He say, "Um, I've been watching you ever since you've been here." And uh, you're a good kid. I can tell you came from a good background. Is he grown? Yeah, he's grown. grown. Yeah, he's okay. grown. Old he, man. Older he's man. old enough to be my father. At that time, he was old enough to be my father. Okay. So he's walked some miles. He knows, yeah. he knows life. Yeah, he knows. He said, man, uh, as I see you, you know, uh, I see you're a good kid. You come from a good background. He said, man, I want you to take this class the first time. I'm like, huh? He said, if you don't take this class for first time, first time, if you don't pass this class for first time, you're gonna have to take it over again. And I'm looking at him. He said, "What do you do with a car? If you're taking a trip, <clears throat> what do you do with the gas in the car?" I say, "You fill it up." He said, "Correct." He say, "You don't fill it up halfway. You fill it up all the way before you can go all the way through and get to your destination without stopping." Correct. He's like, I'm like, yeah. He said, what happened when you take a class and you fail it? I said, you got to take the class over again. He said, don't fail this class. He said, man, you said you got to go do, um, they gave you 15 years. And you got to do 13 years off that 15. Go down that road, fill up. For you want to do no stops in between. Take this class and pass it the first time. Where you won't have to come back in and take that. If we won't have to come back into prison again, that was the first advice I got. It's very, very parallel to a um, <clears throat> the story that how this this started between you and I to get you. We were going to talk about this. I didn't plan on talking about this for, for probably about a month, a couple months. Mm-hmm. And we were we were talking. Um, 
forgot how we even brought this up, but I introduced you to a gentleman named Damon West. Mm -hmm. The coffee bean. The coffee bean. Be a coffee bean. And Damon West's story was a story that really, really resonated to me. Both of us. It was one of the first podcasts I listened to was through, uh, was named Todd Durkin, the Impact Podcast. Mm -hmm. I was told by Dr. Daniel Dodd, he is a uh, uh, professor of sports physiology at Illinois State University, and he's the owner of DEXA Scan Bloomington, where they do like body fat, muscle, and we had this great conversation, and he, he suggested that I should listen to this podcast. He, he talked about it. I was like, wow. And it's about a college athlete. He told me it's about a college athlete. The guy was a stud. He got caught up in some bad, in some bad stuff. There was a gentleman that came into his life, similar to Mr. Red, for your life, named Mr. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Jackson gave him the rules, gave him his class, his school, about being a coffee bean. Now, Damon West has a beautiful book. Uh, be a coffee bean he has a beautiful message you can hear it on multiple podcasts uh, mine was through the uh, impact podcast with uh, Todd Durkin I believe it's Todd I just want to make sure but he another he's he's another great great uh, speaker great motivator and he talked about being being a coffee bean and Mr. Jackson told Damon West and Damon West story he was a four-year football player just like you Mm-hmm. Right, had the world by, had the world by the balls, just like you. And he got caught up, and he just fell like down. <laughs> he fell down hard. He hit rock bottom, <clears throat> rock bottom in the way of he caught himself a life case in Texas under the state the state uh, penal institution, I believe. Correct. And Mr. Jackson told Damon, "You you, you got three options. You can be the carrot." Egg or the coffee bean. And explain what all three of those are. <clears throat> well, if you take a, a hot boiling water and you put a carrot inside the boiling water, what do the carrot do? It becomes soft. If you take a boiling egg and put it inside of the boiling water, I mean a hard egg and put it inside the boiling water, it becomes hard all over. In the inside and outside. If you take a coffee bean and put it in a boiling water, it changed the whole dynamics of the water. Changed the color of the water. And so, in prison, what he was referring to is that you can be one of the three. You can be a carrot and become soft. Everybody run over you. But you still look like a carrot. You're you're not losing your outward appearance. You're when you put a carrot in boiling water, it still looks like a carrot. Yeah. But the inside of it's mush. It's mush. It's soft. It has lost its faith. It has lost its um integrity. It have lost its love. It has lost its mind. It has lost lost its breath. But the body still look the same. The structure is still the same. But the inside, the core of it, is weak. You put that egg in the boiling water, it become hard on the inside and on the outside. So when you take it out and you get released from prison, it's still institutionalized. 
and your family is not going to have your family or friends and society is not going to have want to have anything to do with you because what your heart you you have this shield up. You don't want to be bothered. Nobody would be able to assist you to get to the next level. You still look like LT, but your heart on the inside. Exactly. Your heart's hard. Your mind's hard. There's nothing coming in, nothing coming out. But you still look like the egg, right? Correct. But there's solidity inside you. Correct. You're, you're bitter. Right. You're mad at the world. You haven't forgiven yourself. You haven't forgiven others. You haven't forgiven this. You haven't, you haven't forgiven at all. You're just hard as a, as a brick. All right. Nobody, nothing can get through you. No matter how much love, how much support, how much care is given, nothing will be able to elevate you. It, it, it just, you're just hard. But now you have the coffee bean. The coffee bean is what I am. You're placed into a situation where you're locked up with people who would never see the daylight again, who never see their loved ones again. Who's bitter, who's mad at themselves, who's mad at individuals for help putting them in prison, who's mad at their their celly for snoring too loud, who's mad at the guard because he get to go home after his eight hour shift, who's mad at his kids because um, his daughter was five minutes late of taking time out her day to come visit you, you're mad at... He's just mad at the world. But the coffee bean come in. He's filled with joy. He's filled with peace. He's able to breathe. And he spread that productive, that kindness throughout the whole institution. Now, even though you're still locked up, even though you're paying the price for your crime, but you're still able to breathe. You're still able to get, give, a, give a sound response. You're still able to assist an individual who's having a bad day. Because you're going to have some bad days in prison. Just like in life. You're going to have some bad you, You're going to have some bad days. But is somebody there to listen to you? Is somebody there to give you a word of advice? Is somebody there to help you in your lowest term? Because in prison, you're at your lowest. And lowest means you have nothing. Nothing. Everything's deprived of you. You're stripped. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Like like nothing. And did I wake up? I woke up plenty of days mad. Like what the? F- Are you serious? Like like. But I had but I had to go back and say, man, no one at the end of the day put me here, but me, because I knew better. And I couldn't take that out on nobody else. And I couldn't take it out on myself. Another word of advice, a guy, I was saying a guy by the name of Jack Davis. <clears throat> Jack Davis, may he rest in peace. One day we were coming from a child hall, and this was, I was in Lexington, Kentucky. 3301 Lee's Town Road, Lexington, Kentucky. And um, How long were you in Lexington? And wh- um, where was this in your, in your... I was in, I was there three years, I believe. Yeah, three years. And I forget me home is coming back from childhood. And this is when I realized I was locked up. I know that myself. What do you think before? Like you're <laughs> like a camp, like a football? <laughs> no, it's just you're that. a Chapman Hall guy <laughs> throwing desks off of roofs, which we didn't do. Ooh, hey, we I, didn't do that. You or I didn't do that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Hey, we have anything to do with that. <laughs> um, no, what what happened is that 
you remember when I said earlier that you're around these famous people? Mm-hmm. It's like a big overnight party that I mean it's like a big sleepover that never ends. Right, right. <laughs> All right, but you but you're in there making the best of it because why you're able to go and visit every week, you're able to watch Channel Nine News to see what's going on. You step in, watch baseball, um, doing baseball season, football, doing football season, watch the Bears, watch the Bulls, have conversation, go to the rooftop, get some fresh air, and watch um, the fireworks off from uh, uh, the White House Park. Or and this is all at the MCC. Yes, this is all at MCC. So you know that you locked up. But you don't realize you're locked up, if that makes sense. A lot of outside distractions that make exactly. you still feel like you're at home, but you're at camp. So now, at this time, I'm in I'm, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. And it's dying on me like, damn. I'm not getting released from prison until 2017. And that was three years. Right. And, we're talking, years. About, and we're talking about this is 20. This is 2006. This is 2006. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got another left. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wake me up from this dream. I got to be dreaming. Like, like it, I, it really dawned on me that I was locked up. If that make any sense. Reality set in. Boom. There it go. Just like I just snapped my fingers. Hey, just, it hit you. The yeah. lightning bolt hits you. Of this is life. You're pulling doing a 28 sweep, and you catch the defensive tackle on the pool. You catch him right in the face. Yeah. Pow. So I'm walking around, and I had my helmets behind my back. I used to call him Uncle Jack. He said, "Hey, son, hold your head up. It's gonna be all right." And he knew. He knew that lightning bolt just hit yeah, you. Yeah, because at the time he had did like 16 years straight. And I'm like, he said, man, and still to this day, I do this still to this day. Who's ever listening? I want you to, I want you to take part in this act. I want you to take part of this. He said, hey, I need you to forgive yourself. And I need you to start back loving yourself. And I'm looking at him just like as I'm looking. I'm looking at him. I mean, he's looking at me just like I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, I know it sounds crazy. He said, but what I'm telling you, I had to go through it. He said, tomorrow morning, when you wake up, go look at the man in the mirror and tell and this is the part I want everybody to do. And not to say that they don't love themselves, but this is a technique that is a, it's a, it's a beautiful, simple technique. He said, tomorrow morning, when you wake up, you wash your face and you saying thank you to God, Allah, Buddha, whoever you saying thank you to. I want you to look in the mirror and say I love you. Because I know it's going to sound dumb and seem crazy the first two, three weeks. I mean, the first two, three days. He said, but by that fifth day or that sixth day, he said, I guarantee your life changed. So the next day I get up. I'm up on the third floor, and I'm closing my eyes just like it was yesterday. And I wake up, I said, thank you, Lord. And I'm washing my face, brushing my teeth, 
And when I'm done rinsing out my mouth and take my mouthwash and rinse it out, clean the sink out, I bend over and look at the sink. I said, I love you. Go the next day and do the same thing. I love you. Go the next day, do the same thing. But each day as I'm doing it, it went from, I love you, to, I love you, man. Damn, boy, I love you, man. It's, today going to be a good day. Man, I love you, boy. You you looking good. I see you doing your push-ups. I see you. I, I, I love you. Because one thing I have found out about the word love, and this is just my opinion, just my opinion, just the OLT Griffin third opinion, love doesn't hurt. When you love something, you don't want it or them to hurt. So in doing so, if I'm telling myself each and every day that I love you and I'm showing that I love, that I love myself, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. I'm not going to let depression sit in. I'm not going to let sadness sit in. I'm not going to let that guy who's a carrot affect me. I'm not going to let that guy who's an egg affect me. I'm not going to let no negative negative act, um, activity or energy come inside my ram. And guess what I'm also going to do? I'm going to spread that love to others, just like the coffee bean. So when when Damon was in Texas, mm-hmm. living the life of the coffee bean, of mm-hmm. what Mr. Jackson, you had two gentlemen also give you an education. Red and Jack Davis, yes. Mr. Davis and Mr. Red mm-hmm. both gave you the education of love. And of them don't, them, them the first two. It was many of Mr. Jackson, but go ahead. Sorry for, about that. The first two. And <clears throat> basically what they taught, in, in my view, is you got to build yourself a champion. And you got to build yourself your number one fan, the Mr. Griffin of us at all of that playing football. You got to build that champion inside you, that person that's with you no matter what. No matter, if we, no matter if we just got the tar kicked out of us by Alma College and, and, with, and <laughs> Michigan or we, we just beat the tar out of St. Xavier. We have that champion. And they taught you build that champion. Because no matter what, they'll be with you through the bad, the good. But they love you no matter what, and they're rooting for you no matter what. That's Build true. that champion. That's true. That's true. I mean, because really, outside the box, outside the box, when, when two individuals get married, what are they looking for from each other? Love, companionship. When? Pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> uh, when 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 a child is looking up in the stands for a parent or a guardian or a relative to come see them chill more, yeah, what are they looking for? Approval, acceptance, and, and, and also the love, love. Showing, showing some type of love. Um, when you first call yourself. And Sarah, this is not for you. This is way before you. <laughs> Your first girlfriend. Yeah. What did you put? What did you say that you did to her? Loved her. <laughs> All right. 
with something that you love to do, what you you gonna give it your all? Right. So in the end, what what once you have found that love within yourself, you're able to get that love to Sarah. You're able to get that love to K K K three. Yeah. You're able to get that love to the famous guy. Yeah. You're able to get that love to the big guy. Yeah. You're able to get our love to a guy that you met, what, 20, 20, 20, 23 years ago? 24, 24, 24 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. You're able to, to, to show that love to your nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. But the love had to be within first. Mm-hmm. It, also, it always started with self. And my people, I, and it, was another t- it was another time I was in um, El Paso, Texas. I forgot this Spanish guy out of New Mexico. And uh, he said, man, how the hell you walk around each and every day with a smile on your face? I said, man, you use more energy frowning than you do smiling. I said, what I'm frowning up for? I got three years until I go home. <laughs> I'm doing a 15-year sentence. Mm-hmm. He said, man, but you just walking around like like everything is all good. I said, bro, I have no worries. I have my health, and I'm in my right state of mind, and I have a family that's waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's, it's it's stuff like that to keep you motivated to keep going, to not to throw the towel in. Mm-hmm. It's your why, that's the fuel. Is yes. is is your whole, <clears throat> your heart is full. That there there are no deficiencies. There might be some scars that happened before, but guess what? Scars go away in time. Oh, yes. They might be there. But your heart is full. That that you are at peace with yourself. I was on. Uh, we were talking about West, and uh, I never forget listening to the broadcast. Excuse me as well. Excuse me. Sorry about that. That's um, some good Plermo's pizza, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Hate, um. The famous guy took the rest of it. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, Plermo's in Frankfurt. <laughs> yes. On uh, Lagrange Road in Illinois. Here, Plermo's is 63rd. It's beautiful pizza. Five stars. Five star pizza. Guaranteed. Um. But I never forget he I met with the um, prison director, and the prison director said, "Yeah, okay, you want to bring in these books, and um, you want to go to every visit. I mean, every prison and get these books." And this is when he got out. Yeah, this is when he got out. Right. Yeah, he want to you want to go in and go back into the prisons and give these books to the um, inmates and talk to the inmates and drive to a hundred and three prison throughout the state of Texas. Why? Why? Why, why, why we, why would he, why, why, why do such? And it was so profound, and it was just like energizing to me. He said, "Man, I do it to stay sober." And when he said, "I'm like, damn," because that's his high. He said he does it, it makes him feel great to say to stay sober. Yeah, I was just as I as I um, when we first started this, I said. Um, my name, my legal name is L.T. Griffin III, and my street name was Tino. And now I took the bad and turned it into something good. Now I'm Tino the Barber. And I used to say this in prison. I helped, wow, I helped destroy a community. Now is my time to restore community that's what keep me sober i haven't had a drink of alcohol since april 24th mm-hmm. any our alcohol no wine now 
I will say I had a margarita Cinco de Mayo with my daughter, but I didn't even finish it. I couldn't. I just didn't have the taste for it. I'm like, oh. I, I, I just couldn't do it. But literally, like, vodka, tequila. Why? Is it you don't like how you feel after? Like, you Well, I will say I did overdo it for my birthday. Oh, you know. Um, but since then, going back to that self-love. Yeah. And not to say I, I, I stopped love with myself. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that for me to be great and be assistance to other people, I had to be my best at all times. Right. Um, no, no one wants to deal with a person who's not at their best at all times. No one. No, no. I don't know nobody would do that. I don't care what the situation is. I want you at your best. And also, too, is that to be my friend, this, this is me. I want you to hold me accountable for my actions and my reactions just as well. I'm going to hold you accountable for your reactions and your actions. That's what true friends do. Mm -hmm. Accountability. Accountability. And it has to be accountability. And so going back to my situation when I was on um, vacation, I had um, Travis um, Mayo. I mean, uh, damn, Mayo was out of Jackson, Tennessee. Actually, I'm taking a road trip next month uh, to sneak up on on my okay. motorcycle out of uh, Jackson, Tennessee. And my other road dog was Travis. He's out of uh, Compton, uh, California. Them two guys at two different parts of my um, incarceration, excuse my language, they, they held me accountable for my shit. Just as well, I held them accountable. And both of them, I'm talking about like, man, brothers from another. And I still talk to them, both of them from time to time. Both of them are doing great. Um, both of them, I started new families. Kids is doing good. Parents is doing good. Um, it's just that, man, them two brothers right there. And I mean, I have met other uh, um, outstanding people, you know what I'm saying, doing a journey. But Travis... Mayo and my buddy Lee um, from down in uh, Fort Worth, Texas as well. Outstanding, dude. Out outstanding. I, I just, man, I can talk about them three guys all day long. And, and they lived, <coughs> you were talking about winners stick together. Yes. Okay. Positive breeds positive. Oh, yes. So you were walking around El Paso more or less just glowing with energy, right? Mm-hmm. That type of behavior attracts more people like the coffee bean, like Damon West's coffee bean. It spreads. Mm -hmm. The heart spreads. Love spreads. Yes. So you're going to have people like those three gentlemen, right, that you guys were, were your posse of goodness. Mm -hmm. That if you wanted to feel good, you came to us. If you yes. wanted to make your heart feel whole, you came to us. But then there's the yin and the yang. Now you got the other side of the equation. We're not playing that. Quit acting this game. Did you see a lot of that? Well, quit being fake. No one could be happy locked up. Did you see that? Yes, and, and then was the guys that was like we talked about the carrot and the egg, but in the end they was like a they was like an onion. You just had to get to the root of them. 
because a lot of times uh, psychology shows you that a defense mechanism is to what always put your put your shield up yes. to keep Tense people up. away. Become hard. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you get them in a the corner or pretty much by themselves or they are in a vulnerable state, whatever it might be, you be like. You're a puppy. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Like, for real? <laughs> so then you, you have to meet them on the level. Mm-hmm. So what? That's what tends to happen, and yes, it was the guys that there was the buttholes, uh, 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 that was about the negative energy. Them the ones I stayed away from. But at the end, guess what? They still had to do. They had to come see Tino the bar because, just like now, I'm a barber on the street. I only did two things while incarcerated: I learned electrical, and I also improved my barber skills. I worked in the barber shop as well. You couldn't have a bad day in the barber chair no. locked up. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no, I'm not going to pay my bill. What? Oh, no. You got to pay a bill then. <laughs> you jack up my hair then, you pay the bill. We gotta, exactly. You owe me the receipt. Be- because you got to think about this. You have people who, never get this, oh, but not a guy by the name of Kevin Williams. So, let's go back to 2010. All right. April. 8th, 2010. It's my father's birthday. All right? I go wait in line. I call him up. Hey, happy birthday, Dad. I love you. I love you too, son. How you doing? I'm doing all right. What you doing for your birthday? Oh, I had your auntie make me some devil eggs, and everything is cool. Now, now you had colon cancer. I'm not knowing what stage you're in because they're keeping this away from me. Mm-hmm. But he's having a he on his birthday. He's having an awesome day. Now let's move forward. Ten days later, I played softball. I was a pitcher, and I also played um, left center field. All right. Um, we got a softball game. I'm in up Duluth, Minnesota. It's in April. Nice day out up in Duluth. And got a softball game. I got a guy by the name of Kevin Williams. He's out of Chicago, but his case is from Springfield, Illinois. All right. He's up in the stands. Hey, Tino. Excuse my language. Knock that bitch over the wall. Knock that bitch over the fence. He's talking about hitting the home run. Mm-hmm. As I get up, and softball is one and one. One ball, one strike. Pitch the ball down. Like, you know, I move out the way. So I got two balls, one strike. Pitch the ball down the middle. Cock that left leg up. Watch the back hit the ball. Swing through. Hit a rope right out. You can hit Kevin. That's what I'm talking about. That's my dog right there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm chopping around. Touching the back. I'm, I'm showing off so much. My foot is not even touching the base. I'm touching the base. I'm touching the east base with my right hand. Coming down like an airplane. Yeah. Touching it. Boom. Boom. Come around third. Finna come home. Ah, good job, Tino. Good job. Boom. Now it's finna get ready for four o'clock count. Countdown, countdown, countdown. You're out in the yard on the ball field. On the ball field. 
So it's time for us to go in. So before, so now I'm inside my dorm. I have my jogging pants on and my um, t-shirt. I have an all white t-shirt. Inmate Griffin report to the chaplain office. Inmate Griffin report to the chaplain office right now. Excuse me. I sit back in the chair. I say, damn, man, that's about my daddy. And you knew? You had that feeling? I just knew I had that gut feeling. I run down there, chopping a big dude. Hey, I'm sorry to let you know that your father passed away. I'm just looking through him like, huh? Everything like pause. Pause. Couldn't hear, couldn't taste, couldn't smell. So I said, man, I need to call my people out to count. He said, come right back down. I give, give you... Give you some time to call your people. Speeding this up. I'm stuck. I'm numb. Now, at the same time, I'm the compound. I'm one of the compound barbers. How many do they have? At that time, then we had like maybe 800 people. How many barbers? Um, one, two, three. One, two, three. I think it's five of us in there. So five barbers. Bar- it was only oh, it was only like good three of us. So good. you had three solid barbers, mm-hmm. and people knew that you had your guy, just like out here that right. you're my guy for my barber. Mm-hmm. I got my guy. Same thing on the inside. Exactly. Same exact thing. No one's touching my hair except for this person. There's two people you trust: God and your barber. There you go. And the shelf. Three. And the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so speeding this up, I'm on the bunk. I'm sick. Depression. I'm, I'm just. I'm or just, nauseous, like I'm physically just, or mentally. Like you're depressed. Mentally, yeah. I, my best friend is dead. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, what? I'm like, whoa. What? What do I do? What? What's next? Like, how long were you in when this happened? Uh, 2004 to 2010. That's six years. Six years. And did, did you get to see him at all in the six years? Was yes, it all about Yeah. No, he came and visited me. Okay. Every institution I um I was at, he came to. Yes. Um. So I'm, so speeding this up. I'm on the bunk. By this time, I'm only getting up for count. I, I don't have an appetite. I'm not going outside. I'm not showering. So imagine. You're just rancid. Uh, well, imagine being in the room. I want to say that that night, I didn't even get in the shower when they told me. So I played softball. I didn't get in the shower that night. I probably was in the room probably about, no exaggeration, anywhere between three to four days, no shower. Yeah. No shower, no eating, no nothing. I'm just in the, I'm just on the bunk, just, just numbed up. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Kevin came in there. Your guy that called out the home run. Yeah. He said, "Hey." He said, "I know what you're going through. My mother passed away on me too." He said, "But right now, it ain't about you." Your family needs you, and the compound needs you. And I'm looking, I'm like, excuse my language. I'm like, how the fuck did the compound need me? My father just passed away. You meant compound like the the facility you're at. Yeah, talking okay. about the you know, your other inmates. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how is this possible? He's like, bro, you got people who haven't saw their loved ones Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And they about to come visit them after all that time. 
and they want to look their best. They want to feel good. They want to look good. And they want to feel good for their loved ones to get off that energy to their loved ones. For their loved ones can also feel good about the you know something about the situation. He said, "Man, you gonna have your time to mourn, but right now it's not about you. It's about your family back at home, and it's about the compound." I love you, man. And when just think about what I said. So I, I, I roll over. I'm looking up at the ceiling. And it just hit me. I got up, went and took a shower, came back, put some, you know, some fresh clothes on, and I went outside and I breathed. Just like he told you to do ten years prior to that. <sighs> Breathe some fresh air. Yeah. And I was like, damn, everybody, man, Tina, I'm sorry to hear about you. I'm sorry to hear about your father. I'm sorry to hear about your father. I'm sorry to hear about it. And I called home. Man, we've been waiting for you to call home. Are you all right? You doing okay? And I'm like, I'm good. And so they're getting the brissery, you know, saying ready. So they asking me questions. What? Because I'm who? I'm L.T. Griffin III. Mm-hmm. I'm his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. I mean, his only son. So, man, how do you want this to go? What do you want in there? Even though he's married, his wife is asking me. Deferred. What Deferred do you want to do? How you want this? What what you want to be said? Yada, 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 yada. And I'm like, wow. But also, going back to the coffee bean, if Kevin wouldn't have been a coffee bean to me, there's no telling what would happen. Well, what type of void you have gotten sucked into? Never. We probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> Real talk. So just like someone was the coffee bean in the West, Mr. Jackson was the coffee bean in the West, mm-hmm. Mr. Red was the coffee bean to me, Mr. Davis was the coffee bean to me, Kevin, Travis, Lee, Mayo, they was coffee beans to me just as I was able to be coffee beans to other individuals as well. So it's not just me just being a coffee bean. Coffee beans have to be around other coffee beans as well. Mm-hmm. You have to. Just like you said, positive attract positive. That story, res- the coffee bean story really hit me because uh, even though the context of it was fortunately he had to walk his miles locked up. Mm-hmm. You had to walk some miles locked up mm-hmm. to learn some things. I've always lived pretty much my most of my adult life. I mean, I was immature. In my twenties, I was immature. Can't believe my wife even married me. I was a child, <laughs> toddler. But I always tried to practice, and I understood it later in life. The golden rule: treat others the way you would want to be treated. When I was younger, I was a kid, adolescent. I was a real jerk. Mm-hmm. I was a, what you would call a bully. I was a, just a prick. And as an adult, there's nothing that sets me off more is when I see people not treating others the way they would want to be treated. I have no time for it. No yeah. time for it at all. I drop my kids off at school. I tell them three things, four things. Be a leader. Be a good friend. Stick up for those friends and be safe. That's it. Treat others the way you would want to be treated. 
that has came around my life so much since I matured. I had kids since Sarah came into my life of paying it forward, paying it back, being the coffee bean. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what the coffee bean was at all. I just called it the golden rule, which is pretty much what it is. You spread positivity. You spread the heart. You spread the love. You look at yourself in the mirror, like you were saying. Say, I love you. And if you love yourself, you can positively affect other people. You can love other people. No, it's not. I mean, love means many different things. But I can give you my fullest when I'm with you. Because if I don't love me, I'm giving you fake. I'm giving you a fake heart. Hmm. Right? I'm giving you fake air, fake time. How's that going to benefit anybody? Because you, you know when fake comes around, when someone's talking out of their, to giving you lip service, oh, talk, yes. talking out of their can. But when your heart is full, like you learned from Mr. Davis, right? That's sincere. That's genuine. That, that resonates. People will always remember that. People will always remember that. And your dad telling you to breathe, he was also that heart. Or 18 years old when you're a red shirt not trusting it at all that he was that heart he was the coffee bean even before we even knew anything the coffee bean was. we didn't know what we didn't even know what we were back then we were That's a bunch true. of young dumb goofballs running around right and people Why as hard as we can off the roof? yeah which we didn't do we had we nothing not, to do with that we had nothing to do with that nothing and but he was even your dad when we were 18 years old he was the coffee bean he was a mr jackson he was Mr. Red with a heart. He was Mr. Davis. He was your crew, your, your crew that you ran with. Mm -hmm. it's, ama it's amazing you look back and you see every single example. And then there's one opportunity of a podcast of the Damon West or something that brings it together and it clicks. Just like that lightning bolt clicked when you're on year three of I Love Me, mm -hmm. right? That you can wake up every day and you can smile and be thankful for what you got. That's true. Be thankful for what you have, thankful for what you're going to have, and thankful for what you had. Learn from that. Did that lightning bolt hit you in the yard after your guy comes in and says, I don't know, we gotta get you, you got to get it together. People depend on you. They need you. They need you. They need to look their best. They need to feel their best. Not only that, but in the barber chair, it, you're almost like the therapist too. You're you're their dad. You're their brother. You're their uncle. You're their grandpa. You, you're everything. You hear everything in that chair, and I'm gonna assume the same, similar type of messages, maybe different stories, are happening in your chair at Blades, where you cut hair, or in the chair in Duluth. Yeah, I I just had to, a guy today, and um. He just had a newborn, and him and the, um, his daughter, mother's not together. But he's getting a flux, you know. And 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 truth be told, there's always his side, her side, and the and the truth of what's going on. Right. And, and I'm only going off what he's telling me, and I'm not taking sides yeah. or anything. But I just told him, I said, "Hey, get a neutral person. Right. Reach out to a mom." And everything is going to be all right. Don't give up. Right. Stay and, in the fight. Right. So so I say that to say is that just like you just said, just like in Duluth, 
as barbers, good barbers and bad barbers, as far as when it comes to haircuts, we're therapists. Some people just don't want it. They don't, they don't want to talk. They just need to breathe and put their phone down for a minute. Or they want to listen to some music. Or they want to have good conversation. Or just have a good, overall have a good car, um, um, haircut. And, and and just breathe for a moment because everybody everything is is fast. Media gratification. Oh my god, everything is fast paced. Boom. You as soon as the light turns green, bang, you, you you can't have time. Well, everyone's to, brain surgeons, yeah. man. They gotta get to that surgery. That's <laughs> hey, how important they are. You can't even take your foot off the brake yeah. and press the accelerator yeah. before a person oh, is blowing the Because they are that important. <laughs> they are more important than you. What's yes. wrong with you? You didn't know that? Yes. yes. And then you guys get to the same stoplight mm-hmm. at the same time, even though they gun it, they go zero to eighty. And, and oh wow! Up. Look, we're both at the same stoplight. So, <laughs> it's a rush to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole another conversation. I'm gonna a do rush, on here. A, a rush to yeah, stop. Yeah, you're ready to hurry up and wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Uh, but yeah, like I say, like you said, yeah, you, you, you're you're a therapist. I had a friend tell me the other day, uh, a good lady friend. She says to me, "Who do you go to?" You're always helping everybody else. Who do you go to the vent? Who who do you go to to express your feelings to 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 release the pressure of the world? I say, you know what, sweetheart. Right now, I, I believe it's three things that take place in a person's life. Either you get prepared for the storm, you're in the storm, or you're coming out of the storm. In January twenty second, let's we're gonna we're gonna tell about that going into the storm. You're in the storm, coming out of the storm. We're gonna put that on part three. Okay. All right. We're gonna put that on part three. Thank you so much for listening to part two with LT. Uh, part three is coming up. We're gonna start it off with coming in the storm, in the storm, out of the storm, and we're gonna be wrapping up this talk because we've been going for a little bit and. Kid you not, we've been this is we've been talking. This is our second part, two hours and about twenty minutes, and it seems like this is five minutes. I kid you not, it seems <laughs> like it's five minutes. So tune into the third part, guys. Thank you so much.